Hi, welcome to the Denver Die Tribe, a weekly podcast about culture, news, and stuff from the most interesting town between Canyon City and Commerce City. I'm Jared Jacang Mayor. I am here with my co-host Joel Warner of Westward. How you doing, Joel? Doing well. And today we have a special guest, Peter Marcus of the Denver Daily News. How's it going, Peter? Still alive. Beat the rapture. Nice. Beat the rapture. And that is going to be one of our topics today. We are going to be talking about what it means to localize the apocalypse. We're also going to be talking about the Denver mayor's race and the city's law enforcement agencies, possibly under the microscope of the feds. Okay, so first topic, Peter Marcus, you've been covering the mayoral race since the beginning and now that we only have two candidates in the race, Chris Romer and Michael Hancock, what has been the most infuriating, interesting, or amusing thing that you've noticed in the last couple of weeks? Well, I think interesting is that we now have an actual race. There's competition involved, and as we reporters like, there's drama involved in it as well. Um, this week we saw heckling from Hancock supporters um, towards uh, the Romer campaign for um, what they're perceiving as negative attacks, which certainly could be perceived that way. Um, Romer has um, attacked Michael Hancock on um, uh, a pay raise for elected officials. Um, and this all came – there was a there was an ad that he had on TV that said, Michael Hancock yeah. is giving raises to city bureaucrats while right. their babies are being – yeah, it was the typical. Are you actually the voice from that commercial? Jared? Yes, I, I do. I do voice work on my oh. free time. So yes, it was the typical black and white. You know, the world is coming to an end. Michael Hancock <laughs> in the background is going to destroy the world with um, the pay increase. And anyway, there were some rumors that does that always work? By the way, like, if you want to make someone look bad, you just turn them black and white. And everyone's like, oh, oh, definitely with some ominous music in the background. <laughs> Done. <laughs> So yeah, so um, there was some rumors that has still not really been confirmed or not that Governor John Hickenlooper maybe called up uh, Romer's campaign and said, um, quit this, we don't want the negative attacks, because the campaign makes a slight reference to Hickenlooper, and Hickenlooper is known in this town as being the, the good Samaritan, you know, clean, you know, <laughs> runs the clean campaign. Pope Hickenlooper. Yeah, Pope Hickenlooper, exactly. <laughs> And um, and so there's some rumors that, you know, he called up Romer's campaign and said, what's up with all the negative attacks? Hancock's people are now upset with that. Romer's attacking Hancock over beliefs in creationism. Um, <laughs> well, and, and this is an interesting thing, though, because so far we haven't seen those attacks go the other way where uh, the Hancock campaign taking out negative ads or going negative on Romer. Why is that? Is that because the polls show that Hancock has the – a slight lead on Roma right now? Um, no, I think that if Hancock sends out some negative ads because, um, you know, he's held himself to that high pedestal. Romer's only alluded to the fact yeah. that he would run a clean campaign, and that was before the runoff. Now the gloves are on. So, um, so I, I think the reason you're not seeing it from Hancock campaign is simply because if they do, then it'll be hypocritical, is really. Yeah, but I think that, you know, in the next few in the next week leading up to it if those polls got closer i wouldn't be surprised if hancock's team goes negative because romer has a lot of baggage that really hasn't been exposed or brought out as of yet he's uh, a big finance guy big wall street guy he was involved in in some way with the very controversial refinancing of the dps bonds that um if you remember in the senate in the senate campaign with michael bennett and no, that didn't it, seem to 
It didn't seem to really knock Bennett that much. Well, it was it, it was still a big deal. I mean, there was like a New York Times article um, that came out about that, and at least during the campaign, it was a big deal. Romer was uh, one of the people involved in that refinancing as a uh, as a broker or a financial guy. Well, you could be right, um, and especially now they have a second candidate to attack now because they have James Mejia, who's now on all of the campaign yeah. signs for Chris Romer. So that just it's, added a whole new it's, world. It's so confusing. Like like this week. This weekend, like people like were seeing those signs and asking, "Well, does that mean that he is going to be vice mayor?" Like people, people were really confused. Well, about let, let's those step signs. back a little bit. What what happened with that? Of course, James Mejia was one of the people running for mayor in the um, uh, you know when there was eighteen candidates up there, and he didn't make it into the runoff. What happened since then? Why is all of a sudden he making lovey face with Chris Romer? Basically, what happened is that Mejia lost slightly into the runoff. It was, I can't even remember, it was like 1,400 votes, something yeah. it's very, very narrow. Um, so he became the guy, you know, who's going to get James Mejia's endorsement. Thinking is, you get James Mejia's endorsement, you get those votes, you, you're the next mayor, you know? So um, they started to woo him, I suppose. He said that he wanted to wait to talk to his team. I mean, I spoke to him personally about it. He went to the first debate with uh, Romer and Hancock after the runoff, uh, to start the runoff. And he said he was there to watch, to see what candidate was going to be his man. And then like three days later, you know, there's this huge press conference. James Mejia is the, is endorsing Romer, not just endorsing Romer, but transferring his campaign over to Romer. All his, uh, you know, staff was working for Romer. And now this week we wake up and we find out that apparently Chris Romer has a running mate and it's James <laughs> Mejia. And so I don't know. And we're talking. I, we're talking about the yard signs. Yeah, Romer so, Mejia on that. Yeah. So what does that mean? Like, I, I that's like what? Do, like, what does it? Like, what does Mejia get? Does he get to like hang out? In, like, that, I don't City know. Hall? That's well, what. Well, like, if is, people were to speculate, what he gets is the deputy mayorship. Yeah. Right? And, I mean, see, he gets, see, I'm he picturing gets like be, the episode from Happy Days where they take like the masking tape and put it like, like, <clears throat> all the way across the room, right. and you have. You have Romer on one side, Mejia on the other side, and just, <laughs> just, just hijinks. Yeah, hijinks ensue. <laughs> yeah, I'd vote for that. I think. I don't. I I don't know what what the position. I mean, there has to be a position, right? Like some. I mean, or or is Romer going to win and Mejia's just going to disappear? No <laughs> well, way. I mean, when you look at Mejia's background, his his he background really his background really <laughs> his background really has been one of being the guy that's there the second-string quarterback that's there and able to take on these appointed positions when he's needed within city government. The uh, Parks and Rec head, he was there when he they needed a director to uh, head the Denver Justice Center construction and planning, and most recently the, uh, what what is it, the Denver Preschool Program, yeah, Denver yeah. Preschool which he program. left to um, go Which he's that, technically so. still a part of. I mean, no, who knows if he's really doing a whole lot. I mean, he says that he's on leave. He's, not, so, but... he's not really a finisher. Right, exactly. <laughs> well, he's finishing now, but he's finishing under Chris Romer's ticket. Yeah. So. <laughs> but, I mean, he had to make some sort of calculation, right? Because even if that was going to be his, his future, and, of course, he's qualified to take on these these types of roles, and he's not he's going to go for throw his eggs in the basket of the candidate that he thinks is most likely to win. Right. How much of a difference do you guys think uh, James Mejia's endorsement and running mateness to Chris Romer is actually going to have in this election? Is it going to make? Is it going to make the difference? Is it going to push Romer over the edge? I feel like wouldn't we have seen that so far? 
in the polls if it was gonna. I don't know that the polls even. I mean, they take these polls one. So I mean, I guess I'm looking at it from what happened on election night, which was that Mejia only lost the runoff by something like, uh, just under 1,400 votes. Yeah. So I mean, yeah, the endorsement. I don't know. To me, it could be a big deal only because if we're talking 1,300, 1,400 votes. Let's say, you know, he got 20,000 votes from people. Let's say that just 1,000 of those people decide to follow his advice. That's, I think, a boost to Romer. I don't know. But here's my question on the whole thing. This is me probably just being stupid not following the race as closely as I should. It seemed like Romer was way ahead before the runoff. It seemed like Romer was, like, the, the front guy. Now, all of a sudden... Even with, like, Mejia as his quote-unquote, like, running mate, Hancock, his current polls kind of show Hancock as being a strong contender. Like, leading. what has happened? They like, has t- Hancock been the, smart? Has Romer been dumb? I think the last poll showed Hancock leading. I, I mean, I hate polls. I don't know that. <laughs> I hate them so much. I mean, they... Well, because they, they lead us to make these yeah, stupid scr- predictions. Yeah, well... We I have no idea what we're saying. It's like, oh, well, clearly yeah, well, you send the lead because of we these do? things. I, I'd say... Tea leaves? If we have tea leaves, we could do the same thing with tea leaves. Yeah. <laughs> I'd say they screw journalists, except the fact that we listen to them. Oh, we you do. Know, so. It's a story every day. It's a new right. Poll. We get to write about but it. But I, I don't know how accurate those polls are. I mean, the truth is, I mean, so the last one that came out showed Hancock leading, despite all of this stuff. So you're right. Who the hell knows? Maybe okay. it doesn't make a difference yeah. at all. So we have about how many weeks left until the all the ballots are due? Well, we they just went out in the mail. The election is what? Yeah, I just got mine at my house. First week of June. So what are we looking at? Three weeks here? So three weeks left, and there's a number of debates that are going to happen until and apparently one that you, you were surprised to learn out that you were going to be. Yeah, thanks, Aaron uh, Harbour. Common, common – what, what is that position? Moderator? Moderator. Uh, yeah. Co-moderator? I wish they gave me a little more head notice. What do you think are going to be the big issues – in the next well, for me, I'm only asking about creationism, <laughs> abortion. I'm going to ask about food-producing animals because right, I think right. that that is the most important <laughs> issue facing Denver right now. <laughs> Obviously, medical marijuana and pit bulls. So those are going to okay. Be no opening. UFO commission. Uh, yeah, we'll throw in some UFO. Oh, <laughs> and Denver's own currency. We're going to throw okay. all of that. Very in good. There. So okay. that, those are my questions. I apologize in advance, Aaron Harbor, for ruining your show. <laughs> Joel, what, what do you want to hear the candidates talk about, or is it just kind of a mishmash of? Who cares at this point? I want to see who between the two guys is willing to go and invade Glendale. I think it's about time that we take that motherfucker over. <laughs> Edgewater or no? Yeah, yeah. And can, maybe Edgewater. Edgewater is yeah. a bargaining chip. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they have that they, they have a navy, you know? though. That's, that's, that's true because they have the whole lake that's thing. That's true. That's so, true. <laughs> I think Glendale first and see, and see how we do, and then we can go on to okay. Well, we're going to need both of those municipalities if we're to believe Chris Romer's big, big saying on the stump speech that he wants to turn Denver into the world class city. The place, that's what's true. his line? That you want to wake up and be. People that are checking what time it is in Singapore and London will also be trying to figure out what the I always, time yeah. zone is. I, in I forget that line because I'm so used to the one line he has about how he can balance the budget with a calculator if he needs to. Because that's definitely going to come up when he's mayor. You know, he's definitely going to have to balance the budget yeah. with a calculator. Yeah, There's I don't, no I don't think that actually that. makes me feel better yeah. that our that our mayor would be sitting in in his chambers with like a right. Texas instrument calculator. Right, right. The old graphic ones, yeah, yeah the yeah. TI I think he's okay because I think he's fucking powerful. All right, all right. Well, let's let's move on from this topic to our next one, which is about this report that, or I guess it was a confirmation because there have been rumors going around for a while that the Department of Justice is actually maybe considering or has or may open a, 
an official investigation into Denver's various law enforcement agencies. Joel, you and I had talked about the um, release of the Marvin Booker report, but obviously this has been a huge issue that's been going on uh, in Denver for the past four or five years and even even longer. What do you guys think about this uh, huffing and puffing from the Department of Justice? Does it mean anything? Is it actually going to change things here on the ground in terms of how all this stuff is playing out? I don't think anything's going to come of this thing. I think that it's gotten out of hand. But in the end, every report you see, it's like the same six cops, right? Or or even like four. I really do. And you heard this line that there's some rogue Denver police officers going around. I actually think that there was some really rogue Denver police officers going around who um, were beating people up in the middle of the street. And there was others doing it as well. But I think that what they're going to start seeing now is this pressure, this mounting pressure, and that'll subside. Department of Justice, I feel like, has better things to do that than doing this right now. I'm not sure. Maybe they... I think what they want the public to feel is that they care and that in the end they're not going to actually look into these things um, seriously because they'll talk to the department. They'll say, we got rid of these bad cops. We have this new discipline matrix. We're going to have a new mayor with a new chief, with a new manager of safety, and and they're going to say, you know. Even if it's the appearance of clean yeah. house, that, that'll be – Exactly. Um, that'll yeah, be enough to get rid of And Joel – Yeah, see, I completely agree. I mean, like literally – the Post had this huge story, it was like Wednesday or Thursday, about like how the Justice Department is just, is just on the verge of coming to, to investigate Denver. Well, then if you look at the quote, it was basically confirming that they received a request from, what was it, like the ACLU and I think Marvin Booker's yeah, family, family to look into it. And they said, yes, who are looking at it. Right. Which is what they would say. Right. Like in, like in any case, right. is what they say. Now, at the same time, as the Post story kind of alluded to this, the Justice Department has come quote-unquote close to investigating Denver police several times in the past decade. It happened with the Paul Childs, uh, Frank Lobato incident back in, what was it, like 2003, 2004, 2005. It happened last year, I think, right after the De Herrera uh, beating kind of came out um, last summer. So this stuff just kind of happens. I mean, I think Seattle's is being investigated right now. And correct me if I'm wrong, I don't think Seattle's this kind of hotbed of police corruption. Yeah. I mean, so it seems like much to do about nothing. And I completely agree. I mean... Stuff is happening. I think we've had now, what, like seven officers fired over yeah. the, you know, oh, well, just he, in the past six, few months. Yeah, six. And then there was a new sheriff this week. Oh, or, right. Or sheriff. something. Oh, wait, sheriff. They're police? Yeah. No. Yeah. <laughs> Sheriff's like make-believe police. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. I think it's much to do about nothing. Yeah, I, I would. I would. I mean, I, I'd be pretty surprised, and I think that it would be really significant news if all of a sudden you saw the Department of Justice indicting, look, or they're look, opening up a grand jury, yeah. or that they're they're actually calling in the chief of police. Yeah. I mean, you'd see a lot unless much there's mass corruption. Language. They don't come in without going to city officials and saying, hey, do you want yeah. us in? And when was the last time they did that? New Orleans. <laughs> Katrina. I mean, there yeah. were cops literally going into bars and just shooting and beating people up. That's when they got yeah. involved. I I know that the I know the Booker family. I've spoken to them several times. They are very passionate about this. They believe in this. The ACLU believes in it. They do believe that there should be an investigation. And perhaps in a perfect world, there would be. But I just can't imagine the DOJ getting involved yeah. in, in this. Hopefully that, they have better things to do. That's me, but I don't know. And so any predictions on, given the, the, the two runners in the mayoral race right now, both of them have stated pretty strongly that the issue of law enforcement discipline is a big one for them. If it's Romer, if it's Hancock gets in there, do you guys have any predictions on 
what their first moves might be if it was either one of them, or yeah, do you think it'll they're going to ask Chief Whitman for his resignation letter, as all officials will do, and then they'll accept the resignation <laughs> level letter, and then Chief Whitman will go on to whatever Chief Whitman is going to do. They both said that they're going to uh, open up a national search in addition to looking local, which is BS. They're going to do a national search for a uh, new chief. Because they don't want to hire within because they have a police department that's got issues. Yeah. So if they hire within, it looks bad to the public. It makes it look like there's not real change going on. There'll be a national search. There'll be a new police chief. But honestly, what is the police? It's really what manager of safety yes. and the and the relationship the manager of safety has with the independent monitor yes. and the mayor that's the only thing that's going to really make a difference i, I can see yeah, and yeah. but 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 you know to counter that the last time they went outside and found an outside manager of safety ron Perea from la <laughs> that didn't work out so well joel you have a big piece in westward this week about the office of independent monitor after uh whitman is kind of kicked to the curb what do you think is going to be the next big change to well one interesting thing and i when i mentioned this in the story is the fact that literally next month i think even before the new mayor takes office the auditor's office is going to be releasing just a just a big report about the independent monitor's office and about kind of the whole police monitoring system in general so it was, that's coming out i think the third week of june so that will give some fodder to the mayor about what to do. At the same time, in some ways, I feel like Romer's kind of shot himself in the foot. Because, I mean, he came out strong saying he was going to remove the manager of safety position. Yeah. He was going to get rid of it, uh, which was like the dumbest thing to say. Uh, it made no sense. Uh, <laughs> and then two weeks ago, he was like, oh, well, uh, wait a second. No, wait, no. How did, I he, call him how did he not get crushed on that, yeah. by the so, way? So he pulled back on that. They, it was interesting. So seeing the two candidates response to me calling up and saying, what are you going to do about the Office of the Independent Monitor? Hancock was really forward. said, look, you know, I want to look into this thing hard. I want to figure out what's working, what's not. Romer wouldn't really give me a comment. He gave me some, like, bullshit comments. Well, how could he? He yeah, didn't because, know what he wanted yeah. to do. <laughs> so Romer right now seems to be much more kind of straight-jacketed about what he can do about the police administration. Because he looks so stupid. Yeah. So, I mean, in that regard, I think that Hancock is going to be a little bit more predictable about how he's going to move forward. Well, I think Romer's it, on record now He because he picked up Mejia and yeah. Theresa Spahn. And they had apparently some sort of very, very serious conversation <laughs> behind closed doors about the manager's safety that was so inspiring that Chris Romer felt the need, the need. to, to – well, it's not a flip-flop if you're inspired to yes. change, right? Right, but isn't so. but isn't this a beautiful thing he's about a Chris, isn't this a beautiful again. thing about Chris Romer is that you really have no idea what he's going to do. Like anyone who would just go off half cock and be like, "Manager of safety, why do we need a manager of safety to manage uh, the police department?" And these other things, without even knowing really, I think the, the history of how the manager of safety was established, why the manager of safety and office and empowerment was put in there. If Chris Romer, I think he thought it was a crossing guard. I think I think he thought it was a crossing guard, like a manager but of safety. If we, but if we have Mary, symbolic role to make people. If, if, if all of a sudden we have a Mayor Romer, I mean, who knows what the guy's going to do? Why not just, you know, why not merge the Sheriff's Department with the, uh, Denver Public Works and Parks and Rec? Yeah, with, get the uh, sheriffs out there, like, fix well, the roads. But all jokes aside, so what you're talking about, this whole, that's what his concept was, was money, was budget balancing. That's why he he threw it out there. He was like, what what do we have to spend a lot of money on? Apparently safety. What if we get rid of the manager of safety? That would save us money. And that was his budget balancing yeah. plan. So it's true. I don't think he thought about it. I don't think he thought about what the actual role. That if a mayor were to be handling discipline cases, 
and safety issues, that would be the well, mayor's I, job. Well, I think he said he could do it just using a calculator. Right, that's true. <laughs> yeah. That's true. The, the, well, it, you know, subtract, subtract one cop, subtract two cops. You add yeah. it, all of a sudden you've and got, it's 2011. <laughs> apparently the new graphing calculator all, all can handle that. All of a sudden $100 million budget deficit has disappeared. Look, yeah. you just hit sub, kept hitting subtract Imagine. on the cops. No spreadsheets necessary. Okay, and, you know, once all of our cops have been uh, laid off, right. that will, uh, you know, make the – the apocalypse much more interesting when it does come and of course guys it didn't happen this saturday may 21st um Which but sucks, you know, to be I mean, perfectly honest i was ready for that I, I i was ready too and so now we're just gonna have to look forward to uh 2012 when the mayans predicted that not sarah that palin would be elected president is that december 2012 i, I think yeah, it's right like around that. new year's yeah yeah Cool. So, so I never saw the movie, so I'm a little bit off. Me neither. So I'm we've got to get plan. We got to get started planning yeah. right now. Mm-hmm. And I want to hear from mm-hmm. you guys mm-hmm. when the apocalypse does come. Where in Denver do you want to be, and what do you want to be doing? I'm going to be at Great Divide Brewery, and the reason why is because their beer is so strong. I will be so drunk, I won't care about the end of the world. To be perfectly honest, so I'll be just camped out there. It's a great endorsement, Joel. I'm going to be skinny dipping in Confluence Park because literally if all the pollution is going to kill me anyways, it doesn't fucking matter. It's true. <laughs> there, you, there you go. Yeah, and th- I think you can go take a dip right now in Confluence Park. And, and it'll uh, be the end and, of your yeah, world. Yeah, it'll be the end of your world anyway. Me, so it's been days every day of the week in Confluence Park. As for my uh, day of rapture, I'm going to be over at the Denver Zoo. Nice. Picking up two of each animal. Oh, oh, look at you. Look at this guy. Future The new Noah right here. <laughs> yep. I think Amazing. I might get one of those double-decker party buses. Yeah, instead of the have them all on. That was yeah, actually going to be my Halloween costume <laughs> next year. But we just decided we couldn't have that many double of every animal, you know? It was just going to Logistically, it's yeah, Logistically, it's just not going to work. Okay, so uh, let's move on now. We're making really great time, guys. We're just like... Plowing through well, this. It's nice outside. We want to go yeah, I don't want to be here. Is really what's <laughs> yes, going on. Sorry, Jared. <laughs> so on that note, how about some loves or hates? Uh, Thirty seconds. Peter, Marcus, you're a guest. What do you want to love on or hate on? I'm week? I'm hating right now, and it's something that we've just talked about. Is this James Mejia name on the campaign signs? I just I can't. I can't wrap my brain around how a man who isn't on the ticket isn't in the campaign, isn't, I mean, he has nothing to do with Chris Romer other than support. There's people that are driving around the city right now that are seeing James Mejia's name. Maybe they're, you know, they they believe in James Mejia and think that he is somehow now going to have a political position with Chris Romer. They're going to go and, well, nobody goes to booths anymore right they just like fill out the yeah yeah mail mail in they're gonna mail in their their thing thinking that they're voting for james mejia when they're not they're voting for chris romer and that's pissing me off right or they're at least voting for mejia as deputy mayor right well which every substitute lieutenant mayor which is really the uh director of public works so (laughs) we'll see where that goes bill vidal is going to be gone there's an open position joel what's your love or hate this week loving on gentrification northwest denver two weeks ago uh they they finally finished flipping this duplex next to my house. They brought in all the staging furniture like one Wednesday to kind of to kind of show it off to potential buyers. I guess that night, some some truck rolled in and literally busted into the house and stole all the staging furniture and drove away. Which is just a just great little like vignette of what it's like to live in Northwest Denver. Is staging furniture actually real furniture? It's not like made out of cardboard with like 
I mean, that would kind of show them, wouldn't it? Like, damn it. I knew this flat screen was really, really light. I didn't know it was made out of cardboard. Or maybe it's rogue real estate that agents going to stage weird. their own houses. Yes. <laughs> hey, can I hit on something involving Englewood real quickly? Okay, real quick hate. All right, real quick. Friends just got, you reminded me, a friend of mine just got robbed. A couple just got robbed in Englewood, right? House cleared out. TV, computer, jewelry, the whole thing, right? Cops come, fill out a report, ask for serial numbers, tell them to have a nice day. Do Is that not, we don't dust anymore, we don't look for <laughs> fingerprints? Like, they is were it, like, they knew... CSI? CSI yeah, Englewood. I was like, where's my CSI unit? The thing is, they knew where they came in. It was like, the window, there was like a tool on the ground that they used to like get the door open and stuff. And, like, they turned, my friends turned to the cops and were like, can you maybe fingerprint this? I'm sure you'll find them. And they were like, we might send someone over. Nothing. Nothing. So. Nothing. Okay. <laughs> Hating on Inglewood police. Okay, I actually have a love uh, to counter your guys' hate. And it's for, um, I've been hanging out a lot at this coffee shop, the Coffee on the Point, or Coffee in the Point. It's the one in Five Points that used to be oh, Blackberries. But I've been going there a lot more because there's so many coffee shops in Denver. If you just want to go and get a table and like work on something for a while, you have to like fight off 18 other people. Um, you know, it's like the laptop graveyard where everyone's like so <laughs> stoic and silent. Yeah, yeah. Awkward. You go over to coffee on the point. There's like tons of tables. It's like the people there are really cool and really nice. And new, new management is over there. So I would recommend that for anyone looking to um, be able to sit down and do some real work. And so any of the topics that we talked about today, we'd love to hear from our audience, uh, whoever you may be. Yeah, there so, is an audience, if, right? If they, I was we, promised <laughs> an audience. It's kind of like, we, we kind of think of our audience like staging furniture, right. yeah. pretty much. But anyway, if you go to our website, um, denverdiatribe.com, you can find our Twitter and Facebook pages. Go on there, leave a comment. You can love on us, you can hate on us. What do you think? And uh, we'd love to hear from you. So I think that's it for this week, guys. So for Peter Marcus, Joel Warner, I'm Jared Jacane Mayer, and we are out. <laughs>